McMaster University has over 210,000 alumni living in 140 countries around the world, and they are some of the most amazing people you would ever want to meet. Unconventional will introduce you to some of our alumni who are working to make our world a brighter place in their own unique way. Join me, Karen McQuig, Alumni Director at MAC, as we meet alumni in the arts, cutting edge entrepreneurs, alumni leading the way in health, technology, education, and more, as we learn the moments that their path from MAC became unconventional. They say that the 1996 movie Twister inspired a generation of weather enthusiasts, and our guest today was one of them. After graduating Mac in 2012 with a degree in Earth and Environmental Science, Jacqueline Hill headed overseas to continue her studies. She eventually made her way back to Canada, where today she's a meteorologist at the Weather Network. And yes, I will confess the day I talked to Jacqueline, I tried to get a sneak peek about the winter weather in Ontario. Join me as we learn more about Jacqueline's unconventional path after graduating McMaster. So Jacqueline, thank you for joining us today um, for our podcast, Unconventional. Thank you for having me. So the first question I'm going to ask you is one that I think often students uh, really think that uh, this is something they need to have before they graduate. So were you one of our undergraduate students who had a master plan on how your career path would be? And if so, what did the master plan look like? And if you didn't, was that okay? Honestly, no, I did not have a master plan. I would love to be able to say that I did, but um, all I really had was a starting point and an end point. I've always had a rough idea of where I wanted to end up, but as an undergrad, I had no idea how I was going to get there, and I had to figure it out as I went along. And at the same time, during undergrad, I had so many great experiences that opened my mind to other career paths that I, I never even considered before going to Mac. Um, so I explored many, many areas like astronomy, geophysics, geochemistry, which I, I really enjoyed. So I felt pulled in multiple directions and I questioned my endpoint multiple times. But in the end, I didn't give up on my dream and I knew that would make me the happiest. So I, I say, yes, it's okay not to have a master plan. Just follow your gut. So was there a precise point in your life that spurred your passion for science? Um, or was it something that slowly evolved as you were growing up? Right. So when I was a kid, I watched the 1996 movie Twister with Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton. The flying <laughs> cow, right? The yeah, the cow. flying cow. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Uh, so that really planted the seed, and it all snowballed from there. Uh, growing up, I was consuming every natural disaster movie that came out in my teens. I started buying books and watching documentaries on weather, space, geology, and of course, I watched the Weather Network all the time. It was basically the default channel in our house. <laughs> Uh, and there's something about Earth and space science that speaks to me, and uh, the more I studied it, the more I fell in love with it. So I have to ask you, of that genre of film, what's your favorite movie? Ooh, um, <laughs> uh, I think Twister, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, it, you know, it still stands up. I, I mean, it's like all of those movies, you got to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, but I think, um, you know, if it's, it inspired a pretty much a generation of uh, kids to get interested in earth science and meteorology and um 
you know, even if it's not perfect science itself, the fact that it was able to get people into science, I think that's always a good thing. So it's my favorite for that reason too. Well, it is, it is a good film. I do enjoy that one. Yeah. Go back and uh, rent it this weekend or find yeah. it Netflix or somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> So you studied um, earth and environmental science at McMaster, and now you're a meteorologist at the Weather Network. So can you talk to us about that journey and one of the two things you learned about yourself through the process of ending up at the Weather Network? Sure. It was a long journey. (laughs) Um, So after undergrad, I had the option uh, to stay at McMaster for grad school, which would have been a natural next step for me. But I wasn't convinced that would put me on the right path towards my end goal. I decided to follow my gut and uh, take the biggest financial risk I've ever taken, which was move to England to get my master's in applied meteorology and climatology at the University of Birmingham. Sometimes I still can't believe I made that move. Not only was graduate school one of the hardest things I've done, but going through all that stress by myself was difficult. Mm -hmm. In the end, I I persevered and graduated, and I learned that I can actually be independent and push myself further than I think possible. So as I was finishing grad school, I had some serious decisions to make. Do I stay here in the EU or do I move back home? Do I pursue a PhD or start job searching? My finances decided for me. Mm -hmm. I was out of money, so I moved back home to Canada. And so the job hunt began, which was probably more stressful than university, honestly. I was fresh out of school going in a very competitive job market. I was so worried I wasn't good enough, uh, but I had to believe in myself. So I submitted my resume to everyone, even places I felt I had no chance at all. Now I got a call back from two of them, one of them being the European Space Agency and one being the Weather Network. Definitely two places I did not expect to be interested in someone as inexperienced as me. Uh, So I literally grew up watching the Weather Network on TV. And if you had told 12-year-old me that I'd be working one day there as a meteorologist, you would have blown my mind. They offered me the job I accepted, and they wanted me to start right away. But I was scared to tell them I had to fly back to England for my graduation ceremony the next month. (laughs) But thankfully, they accommodated me and pushed my start date to after graduation. And I have been there for seven years now. Does it seem possible that you've been there for seven years? (laughs) It's it's, it's crazy. Uh, Time flies, honestly. (laughs) So what's the best part of your job? Ooh, good question. One of the best parts of my job is that every day is different. The weather changes constantly, as we all know, (laughs) and it's never the same forecast twice. And uh, because of that, uh, it's always a challenge, especially in Canada, where we have such a wide spectrum of weather from blizzards to freezing rain to tornadoes. I also enjoy being able to uh, help people make decisions with my forecast. So everyone on the meteorology team feels a strong sense of responsibility when our forecasts go live, which are hopefully helping people make good decisions, whether it's to carry an umbrella or stay home during a a dangerous freezing rainstorm. And in the summers, I actually volunteer to do personalized forecasts for the Hamilton Challenger Baseball Association, which is a wonderful league for players with special needs. And so thunderstorms are a real risk to them in the field. 
Uh, and I want and I do my very best to produce a forecast that will help them make the serious decision if a game should be canceled or not. And it feels good to be able to help them in any way I can. So you've spoken about getting out of your comfort zone. Um, when did you learn to do that? Or is that something you've always felt comfortable with doing? I have actually not been comfortable doing that. <laughs> I am a major introvert. <laughs> So to this day, I still struggle to get out of my comfort zone. Yeah. Uh, but I have a philosophy that drives me. I believe if you're comfortable, you're not pushing yourself hard enough. Being outside your comfort zone is an opportunity for growth, in my opinion. And I actually started doing this while I was at McMaster. I signed up for a course to spend a month road tripping across the U.S. studying desert ecology. We slept under the stars every night surrounded by bugs and wildlife. I actually hate camping. <laughs> I'm terrified of spiders and I didn't know anything about ecology. <laughs> I was not cut out for this. Yeah. I was like, what did I get myself into? But I sucked it up <laughs> and I did it. I survived outside my comfort zone and it helped me grow as a person. And in the end, I actually had a great time. And one of my professors on that course ended up being one of my references to get into grad school. And so after that, I just kept pushing myself in my professional life. I'll take on ambitious projects and even in my personal life as well. Uh, most recently, I started racing motorcycles. I would not be where I am today if I don't continue to push myself and, and have these experiences. So why motorcycles? <laughs> I've actually loved them since I was about 15 years old when I started dirt biking. <laughs> and um, I, you know, it was a, just a, a little hobby. Um, and then I took a break for school. I didn't touch a motorcycle for a very long time during university and all that. And then I, um, I got my street license um, just about four years ago now. And then, um, you know, I, I kind of felt, <laughs> fell in love with the hobby and I, I, went, I got in very deep. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, now um, my boyfriend and I both race uh, in a regional series. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really escalated quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think students, as they end their undergraduate career, they have to make a decision. Okay, I'm going to go off into the real world and find a job. I'm going to go to grad school. You made the decision to go to grad school, but also overseas. So would you have any tips you'd share with a graduating student who's considering graduate school, but you know, maybe going somewhere completely different that they had thought they were going to do their studies in? Yeah. Um, so for going overseas, um, the first thing I researched was what's the employment rate uh, for students coming out of that program? And that was honestly the biggest factor for me when deciding because I knew like going overseas is expensive. It was it's so expensive. Uh, from tuition to residence. So I, I didn't want to make a mistake there. And um, uh, they had a 97% employment rate after graduation, the program I chose. So that's what that's one advice I can give. Um, and then also, I have talked to people who have graduated from that program or in their last year. And I actually did this um, for undergrad as well. In regards to job hunting, Send your resume everywhere, even if you think you have no chance uh, these days to make yourself stand out 
I also recommend uh, starting a professional social media presence, whether if it's writing a blog, a Twitter account, or a LinkedIn page. Uh, showcase to the world what you're good at and what you're passionate about. And also, I believe it's never too late to keep learning. Take an extra online course to build your resume. A lot of them are free. Even once you have the job, continue to study your field of, of work in the spare time that you have, whether it's after work or during lunch. The learning curve will be steep when you start, but you'll get through it. When I started, I supplemented my training with studying after work. And even now, I, I still learn something new every day. So I'm going to ask you a question about weather then, just like that. So what's your favorite type of weather? <laughs> well, does, a, does a meteorologist ever have a favorite type of weather? <laughs> you like like when it snows and you're like snow days, you like the heat, like what's your favorite type of weather? For me uh, personally, my favorite type of weather to experience is dry weather because yeah. I, I like to ride my motorcycle and I can't do it when it's raining. Yep. Well, you can, but it's not as much fun. Yeah. <laughs> but up to forecast, um, I, I do enjoy snow and winter weather. I think it's, um, it's just a major challenge, uh, but it, it's really interesting. And especially like forecasting snowstorms up north when they're not happening here. Yep. <laughs> I'll, I, you know, when Labrador gets a meter of snow, <laughs> that's fun for me to forecast. Yeah, and that's a lot of, not so fun, fun for them, but fun. No. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so what's next for Jacqueline? Where do you see yourself professionally in five to 10 years? Uh, what's next for me? So when the pandemic's over, um, first thing for me is I'm going storm chasing in Tornado Alley in the US. I was supposed to go this year and it would have been my first time and it was wow. canceled because of the pandemic. Uh, really disappointing, but it was just, and that was back in May. So it's, I thought maybe, okay, I push it to next May, but even now I'm not sure if I'll be able to go yeah. next year, but definitely the year after then. So, storm, so there really are storm chasers, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Yep. Uh, it, it honestly, it gets more and more popular every year. You wouldn't believe how many there. There's so many now. Sometimes that it, you'll have congestion on those rural roads in in Oklahoma because there's so many chasers now. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Definitely takes you know a certain type of person. Probably the same person who also is obsessed with motorcycles. <laughs> probably. I would think so. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, okay, so you're going to go storm chasing, but yeah. then where do you see right. yourself, you know, after storm chasing? Do you see yourself still staying at the Weather Channel? Is there, like, where does it, like, where does a meteorologist go after, or do you switch your careers totally? I don't know. Like, what do you, where do you see yourself? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, honestly, a lot of meteorologists stay just as meteorologists for, as their entire career. Uh they could stay in operations, which is doing forecasting, uh, or they could move into some sort of adjacent roles, which I think I might end up doing. Um, I love forecasting, so I don't think I'll ever stop doing that, but I could definitely see myself going in and out of a research and development type role where I can work on projects to improve the forecast from the technology side. Since over the, the last few years, I've actually been learning uh, Python programming. Uh, I actually took an online course 
to do that from uh, MIT. And uh, I've been using those skills uh, for side projects right now. And I, I really love doing that. I love coding and I love uh, and finding ways to improve our forecasts and make forecasting more efficient. Cool. Yeah, because I'm just like, what does a meteorologist do after they stop doing that? It's not a career that it's like that, you know. Yeah, the, it's not. It's pretty constant. There's yeah. the if you want to level up that if you you go into a more of a manager type role. Right. And then there's also, we have meteorologists that have slowly branched out into part, other parts of the company, uh, into product development and those kinds of roles. And um, most of them just are stay in the forecasting field for a long time. There's honestly, there's not many places in Canada to work as a meteorologist. Mm -hmm. There's basically, uh, we're the largest in the private sector. The, the weather network and then there's environment canada which is the other big one for the government yeah hmm. okay cool all right so now we're gonna do some closing questions so it's kind of like rapid fire Got um it. all right so jacqueline your favorite memory of mcmaster who it's hard to pick just one <laughs> i think the field course i did at whitefish falls was a blast uh we studied some really interesting rock formations, but it was a, a really great bonding experience for all the students and with the professors as well in my program. Your best COVID purchase. <laughs> we actually purchased a small travel trailer um, for racing because um, we uh, normally would stay in hotels, uh, but this season we didn't want to do that because of COVID. So we purchased this really nice travel trailer for the two of us and it has space for our bikes in the back <laughs> so basically you can go anywhere yeah we can go anywhere now we're set, <laughs> we're set. Yep. uh what what book or books are you reading right now i'm reading quantum a guide for the perplexed by dr jim l khalili i highly recommend this book for anyone interested in quantum physics it's a fantastic introduction I'm really enjoying it and I'm also reading An Astronaut's Guide to Life on Earth by Chris Hadfield, which is a really uplifting. And I recommend it if you ever need some inspiration. Well, I think everybody could use that these days. Yeah, for uh, sure. What, um, what's your idea of perfect happiness? <laughs> That's a big question. <laughs> um, I'm a pretty adventurous person. So uh, my perfect happiness would involve traveling around the world. And when I'm not traveling, I'm riding my bike. Uh, but overall, I think happiness is my family and I being in good health. And one song that best describes your time at McMaster. <laughs> That's a real tough one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas. Oh, and now is that because you're going to be in Kansas chasing uh <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I have been to Kansas, so there's lots yeah. of friends down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh, that's great. Well, thanks, Jacqueline, very much. This has been uh, really great to learn a little bit about your journey um, since McMaster. And uh, yeah fantastic career and um we'll keep a uh, you know we'll keep following you because your job impacts our life much more than others do on a daily basis <laughs> thank you so much for having me i i really enjoyed it <laughs>